Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Second Peter chapter 1, we're going to take a look at this, just preaching a special word from the Lord to you. Thank you. Would you put your hands together for our worship team? Appreciate you all. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Verse 1, let's just take this bit by bit. Are you ready? Okay. Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Let's just stop for a moment and say Simon Peter. What scholars believe is that Peter, this is the apostle Peter. His name was Simon, but Jesus changed his name and called him Peter, Cephas. And uh, many believe that he put Simon in there because it's a reminder of where he came from. Simon Peter, a bondservant apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who obtained like precious faith. Is there anybody that has obtained like precious faith? With us by the righteousness of our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, in the original language, this, this says that basically very clearly declaring that Jesus is God. So uh, righteousness by Jesus Christ, God our Savior. It's, it's really all together. Grace and peace be multiplied. Everybody say that. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, our, and of Jesus our Lord. So in this day, in this age, with another whistleblower and all kinds of shenanigans going on in the Democrats and the Republicans, and, and everybody is, I'm not sure what the proper definition of shenanigans is, but it's not good. There just seems to be de deception, strife. The, the civil unrest in our nation has not been like it, like, like it is since the 60s or maybe even earlier. There's so much uh, strife and difficulty, wars, rumors of wars. And, I mean, what's going on with North Korea? And they shot another, another missile. And what's going on with the economy in China and the tariffs? And, I mean, on and on and on and on and on. And the truth is this, is that you could get, you could get your shorts in a knot and lose your peace. You could really end up in a, a world of anxiety. But God wants you to have peace and peace like a river. If you need peace, raise your hand and say, I need, I need peace. Yeah, and truth is we all, you say, well, I have peace. Well, praise God. If you have the peace of God, that, that's what you need. And so Peter writes, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Let me stop. His divine power, the power of God, the, the divine power, the power of heaven, the power of the Holy Spirit, resurrection power has been given to us for everything that we need for life. In other words, he gives us everything we need to have what real life is and, and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Verse four, by which have been given, concentrate now, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. 
Let me stop. Peter is saying that because of the promises of God, you and I can be partakers. And that really doesn't cover it. You can partake of a good meal, which I'm about to do after our one o'clock service. But I'm going to be more than partaking. I'm going to eat it. The whole thing. Amen. My mama told me, don't, have, don't eat everything that's on your plate. Right. So how many of you know you could partake, which is just like a sample dish? Or you could, what it really means is fully wrap your arms around it and take everything that he has for you. God wants to partner with you with his power. God wants his power to be in your life in such a way that you have everything you need when you need it. He wants you to to have an understanding today that all that you need has been provided for if you'll get a hold of the promises of God. Concentrate now. The promises of God are the basis by which we pray. And because of the promises, you can release God's power. Come on, say with me. Because of the promises, I can release God's power. So God's power, the very power of heaven. I mean, he spoke and made light. I mean, he, he made the land and the sea and everything in it. And God's power is released in your life when you partner with him through the promises of God. One, one teacher, Bible teacher, said there's 7,500. Another guy said there's 8,000. I don't know. There's a lot. I, I've got a promise book that I carry with me. And the Lord spoke to me to memorize the promises of God. Well, I'm not done yet. In fact, I could do a little bit of a better job starting. I have lots of promises in my heart that God has given me. What, what we don't realize is that if you could get the promise of God for the, to take care of the problem that's in front of you, it'll release God's power. Let me say that another way. If you're sick, there's a promise that'll release healing. And the divine power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit will be released when you partner with the truth of God's word through his promise to bring healing over the sickness. Every problem that you have, there's an answer. For every door that's shut, there's a key that'll unlock it if, you're, if you'll do what, what the word is saying here to do. So if you have a mountain that doesn't move, how do you move the mountain? By getting the promise and moving it. By getting the promise and moving it. So if you have loved ones, sons, daughters that need to be saved. They don't know Jesus. How many of you know what God's word says? He, his will, his plan is that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. So what do you do with that? You stand on that word and you beat the fool out of that thing with faith. You, you take it and you wield it like the two, sharper than any two-edged sword that it is. Many people don't know how to get a word from God. In your hearing today, I'm not going to preach much longer to you, about another 10 minutes or so, unless, of course, I don't, and I go long. <laughs> Whatever problem you have, if you get God's word as a remedy and learn to partner with his divine power with that promise, you will see the mountain move. Amen. There are no impossibilities in God, only people that think they're impossible. There's no hopeless situations, only people that have grown hopeless. And so Peter said, His divine power has given us everything or all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue 
So growing in the knowledge of God is key to seeing his power released. Verse four, by which we've been given exceedingly great and precious promises that those that, pardon me, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let me stop and say, there is a power that wants to pull you into the world and destroy you through lust. You will escape the corruption of that by partnering with God's promises. And if you don't learn to grow in the knowledge of God and you don't learn to partner with His promise, then you could actually forfeit all and lose out. Let's continue to read this. We'll go through verse uh, 11. But also for this very reason, verse 5, giving all diligence, all diligence, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if, everybody say if. Yes. Say if. That means it's conditional. That means it's not automatic. It's, it's if. For if these things are yours and abound, you will, neither, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Okay, so when you read therefore, you have to ask what it's there for. <laughs> Brethren, be even more diligent, concentrate. I'm not going to preach long to you, but I am going to preach strong in the next 10 minutes or eight and a half. Be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Hmm. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into an everlasting kingdom of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Peter is talking, he's concerned about people getting short-sighted. He's concerned about people not making it. He's, he's writing to believers, not writing to unbelievers. He's writing to the church. And he's saying, if you, if you don't do these things in increasing measure and abound in them, then you can become short-sighted and basically lose out with God. And let me go on to say that it's not just lose out with God. I think actually you could miss heaven. Now there is a gangrenous teaching called neo-Calvinism. Just because you gave your life to Jesus, if you're living for the devil right now, that doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Or do we need to go look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 7? Drunkards, adulterers, fornicators, they will not inherit the kingdom. It's this long list. So if you say you love Jesus, but then you get drunk and get wasted, newsflash, Bubba, you ain't going to heaven. Man, we're a little aggressive this morning in the second service. Talk about people dying. I don't ever want to get short-sighted. I've, I've told you before, my wife and I have a practice of doing what I would call um, spiritual autopsies. And what those are is when I get the opportunity to gracefully um, do it, I, I do. I, I interview men and women, pastors, leaders, 
people that, that wasted their lives. So in other words, they're on fire for God, they're living for God, and then they throw it all away, end up in adultery, destroy their marriage, or, or some insane thing. End up in a massage parlor. Come on, we've all heard stories about it. Why would you do autopsies? Because <laughs> I, I ain't gonna end up like that. I'm gonna plan to not end up like that. So I, I am strategizing very clearly because of the fear of the Lord I want to be sure that that never happens to me, never happens to my wife, never happens to my kids, and I'm going to be so crystal clear with an unction from heaven to preach to you so that it never happens to you. God wants you to finish the race. God wants you to enter on into everything he has for you. God wants you to walk in truth, walk in purity. God wants you to walk in fire and favor. The goodness of the Lord, everything we need for life and godliness, he gives us that and we enter into that by the knowledge of God and by these precious promises. And he, and he goes on to give a, this list of things that you should grow in. And I think I'll go there tonight. One of the things we found out is with men of God that fail, business leaders that fail, women of God that fail, men, women, children, youth. That, I mean, I don't, I don't mean like stumble and fall. I mean like throw it all away. But even then, there's an ultimate failing which is turning your back on the Lord. And I believe losing your salvation. And for the sake of just very simply, how can you have the apostasy? How many of you know what that is? The apostasy is what the great falling away is. So how do you fall away if you weren't there? So in other words, it's those who once serve the Lord, then they turn their back and they fall away. That's what the apostasy, apostasy is. So Peter is basically warning them. And he's telling them, Hey, be careful. If you get short-sighted, you forget what God's done and you don't increase in his knowledge and you don't increase in these virtues and he lists these things, goodness and, and on and on, then you're actually setting yourself up for destruction and blindness. I, uh, I shared in the first service and I shared a, a couple weeks ago. I was, uh, I don't know, we were eating lunch or something at our table, and I, I looked in my house, and I, I looked and I saw a, a Bic lighter. How many of you know what that is? Okay, well, what's the big deal about a Bic lighter? Well, it was the old school Bic lighter, the, the old school kind, not the electronic ignition, the kind where it has a flint and all that, not, not the kind that you put your own fluid in, the kind that you buy. You know, they come in cute little colors and so on and so forth. Okay, so I saw this Bic lighter, and I had a previous relationship with Bic lighters, a long time ago. So when I saw it, it bothered me. Because like, what's it doing in my house? So I asked Pastor Karen, hey, where'd that come from? Have you been smoking again? <laughs> I didn't say that because I know better. And I have a fear of the Lord as well. So I'm just kind of wondering what it's doing on my kitchen table, like, right? And uh, so... Oh, she goes, I don't know. I, I think, you know, it was with some of the banquet stuff. I think it was for lighting candles, whatever. It, it, I don't know where, we don't know where it came from. It's just showed up on our table. And uh, I looked at my son, Daniel. He's all, Whoosh. I've got an acid test with my ch children. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they don't, they can't lie. They don't lie. And my son said, amen. 
But I can always tell if they're if they're white lion that their eyes shift back and forth and stuff. So he's a he's a he's a great man of God. So I didn't like it there, and I remember I reached out and I grabbed it, and I hadn't picked up a lighter in probably 20 years like that. And I held that thing in my hand, and I thought, you dirty bugger. Just reminded me. It reminded me of the time before I served the Lord. And I thought, I'm going to light it. And I, I faintly heard, don't do that. But I didn't listen. So I lit it. And when I lit it, it, it fired an old neuron path in my mind. And it didn't bring specific memories back, but it brought ill will. Like, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. In other words, it wasn't a sense of uh, warm fuzzies and a happy feeling now that I lighted the lighter. In- instead, yeah, if that was the case, that would be bad. But some of you do things that bring warm, fuzzy feelings, but you know it's destroying your life, but you continue to spark it. What are you saying? I've learned to develop new neuron paths for myself. And I made reference to, what's that book called again, Counselor? Turning on your mind. Turn on your brain? Turn off my brain. By Caroline Leaf. Powerful book. Powerful, powerful book. They didn't even know that you could actually change neuron, uh, you know, neurological lines in your mind, but they know that you can now. And it's not so much that you turn them off. Actually, what happens is that you develop other neural paths that are so strong that the other ones shrivel and die. So that particular neural path with lighters shriveled and died. But when I picked it up and I sparked it, it kind of fired through and brought a remembrance. So guess what the next thing I did? is I reinforced, now I'm going somewhere with this, I reinforced the new neural path, which is hell will freeze before I'm using a lighter and smoking something. All right, some of you like, some of you smoked before you came to church. Anyway, I'm just saying, I don't feel, I don't feel, I'm feeling the love. Come on, what's going on? So what ended up happening is I felt that ill will, and I thought, oh, no, <laughs> you're dead. I'm going to kill you. Anyway, I took that lighter, went and got my son's 22, put it out on a two-by-four, and I figured I'd just shoot it just as an encouragement of the new neural path. <laughs> Amen. You say, well, that's kind of weird. No, that's aggressive. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like you cut because I'm just as a remember, just because I remember just a little bit of ill will, I'm going to shoot you. You shouldn't even be in my house. Now, listen, I'm trying to illustrate something. If it was one of those stupid little clicker lighters that hardly ever worked, you know, with the little thing, I, I, I wouldn't have felt that way. But because it was a big lighter that reminded me of an old, old life. I went out, took some shots at it. Wasn't sure if I hit it. Good enough. I had to hustle off to church. I think I preached that night, came back Sunday night, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I want to make sure I shoot that, shot that thing. I'm going to make sure I blew it up. So I walked out there, and I looked, and there it was, mocking me. There it was, all intact. I thought, oh, no. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Went inside, went in, grabbed one of my five 12-gauge shotguns, pulled it out, (laughs) racked it, went walking outside. And Karen's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm shooting that thing. Then she's like, what? I'm like, yep, that's right. And I walked right up on him. I thought, give it a little space, a little space. I walked up on that thing. (laughs) 
pieces everywhere. And I'm just like, what are you saying, Pastor Daniel? What are you saying out of 2 Peter chapter 1? What I'm telling you is God wants to partner with you. That partnering comes at the knowledge of God, the power of God, the resurrection power of God comes when you partner with him, grow in the knowledge of God, take the promises of God and learn to pray them. Let me just give you very quickly three or four points on how to partner with the power of God. Number one, get in the word and find a promise for whatever your problem is. Everybody say, find a promise for the problem. Find a promise for the problem. So if it's a sickness or infirmity or a disease, you find a scripture that speaks life and healing based upon the blood of Jesus. You understand? Exodus chapter 15. I am, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. He's, he's our healer. And you stand on that and you decree it and you proclaim it. Well, I'm really kind of getting to two. You first get the word. Everybody say get the word. Whatever problem you're facing... Get the antithesis or the opposite of the solution of that from God's word. Write it out, which is number two. Meditate on it. Write it out. Many people look and they see it and they're like, wow, that's a good scripture. They close the Bible. They, they turn their device off and they move on. God gave me a word today. What was it? Ah, oh, I, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, no, you didn't really get it. You got the first part. You saw it. But Joshua was told by the Lord to meditate day and night on the precepts of God. Meditate day and night on your word, and then you will be successful. Getting the words the first thing. Now, now, many people do that. Many people don't. What most people do is they never do number two. They never take that word and then put it deep down in, their, in the city of their soul and memorize it. I heard one man of God, a friend of mine, he writes out scriptures with his left hand, which he's, his dominant hand is right. So when he was to write a letter or write a note, he'd write it with his right hand. But he writes out scriptures with his left hand on pointed scriptures that, that he's to partner with, promises. He'll write them out. Why? Because it helps regroove. It helps put it in his neurological thinking. Again, it helps renew his mind. For those of you who think I'm getting all psychological without biblical infer, uh, uh, application. Science is finding out what the Bible has already told us. And so he writes that out so that number two, well, number one, get the word for the promise. Get the promise for the problem. Everybody say it. Get the promise for the problem from God's word. Number two, get it down in your, in your heart. Memorize it. Write it out. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Number three, how to partner with God's power. Number three, pray it. Pray it. Decree it. Proclaim it. Let it be in your, get it in your spirit. If, it, if it's not in your language, Back to God in prayer, it didn't get in there. If, you're not, if, you, if that thing doesn't come out when you're praying, then it's not in there. Come on, I've hidden, your word, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How can a young man keep his way pure? How can a young man keep his way pure as I come over to the youth section? How? By hiding God's word in your heart. The only word you've hidden in your heart is that which you know. So if you can't quote it, and you don't know it. If it's not in you, coming out of you, in your prayer life, in your time with God, in your thoughts, and in your meditations, it's not in there. Do you know the whole ancient way of, of instructing and teaching was memorization was a big deal. They, in fact, rabbis, they still have to memorize the Pentateuch. Genesis, 
Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The five first books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, they have to memorize the whole thing. And there's only maybe half of us that can quote John 3.16 right now. If you want to walk in power, you want to partner with God, you've got to learn the promises, and you've got to memorize them. My beautiful wife, years ago, she would take three-by-five cards. She worked as a barista before it was cool. And, uh, and she would write out on three-by-five cards the scripture of the day. She called it the scripture du jour, like soup du jour, that's French of the day. She would write out the scripture of the day, and she would memorize it. She'd keep it in her, in her pocket or in her purse, and then when she got to work, she'd put it up on the cash register, and then everybody that else worked there would see the scripture, Psalms, Proverbs, whatever God gave her in her time with the Lord. And as a result, people got saved at that job. Things happened at that job, but the word got in you richly. The word of God dwells in you richly because you meditated on it, because you memorized it. And the same has happened for me. In fact, the truth is, if you stick around long enough to hear some of the preaching, you'll find that lots of scripture comes out of my mouth all the time. Why is that? Because I've, I've, I've faced many a mountain, and there's more mountains yet to face and be moved. But you've got to get the promise for the problem. And you have, to, you have to write it out, memorize it, and then you have to speak it back to God. You've got to declare it. And you're facing a, a, a problem. God's going to turn all things together for good. Romans 8 and 28. You feel like you can't make it. Well, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth, King James, me. I'm the head and not the tail, the lender, not the borrower. No weapon formed shall prosper. And every tongue that rises in condemnation shall be condemned, for that's the inheritance. So when somebody talking stink about you, just pray it, just decree it. And watch what happens. Turn the other cheek. If you run out of cheeks, keep praying it. <laughs> Praise break. <laughs> Are you getting something so simple? I'm talking about partnering with God. You've got to grow in the knowledge of God. That's why we have life groups. That's why we have all the things that we have. That's why we have as many services as we have. Why? Because God wants you to partner with him so that you could have life with people, power, and purpose. God wants you to be healed. God wants you to fulfill the plan that he has for you. God wants to bring about his purpose. And here's the thing that took me a little while to figure out. God's already done all that he's going to do. I have to do what he requires of me. And when I do that, I partner with him. And then his power is released. The world needs to see a people who partner with the power of God. They're sick of religion, sick of tradition, sick of lame duck, weak, need, apathetic, lethargic, powerless Christianity. If you'll get a hold of the promises of God and you begin to speak them and declare them, then God's divine power will be put on display in your life. A couple of illustrations and I'll close. Would you, Mr. Keys, thank you. Brother Toby. My, uh, my wife, years ago, we were living in a place called Kula. I was on a trip. And a young man who was on meth from down the street came to the house. She's there with, with Hannah. 
just a mom with my little baby back then. And uh, standing there at my front door, he knocks. She uh, opened the door, very rural, beautiful neighborhood. And there he's standing with a giant kitchen knife. I don't mean like a regular knife, like a big, big kitchen knife. Standing there with the knife up against his arm, his eyes rolling around and his head completely demonized and on crystal meth. Listen, religion ain't gonna get any crystal, ain't gonna get a meth head free. The power, partnering with divine power, that gets a meth head free. You can't teach demons. So as he's standing there, Pastor Karen opens the door, little baby inside, guy's clearly on meth, high, with a large knife, starts saying something. What comes out of her is like a roaring lion of Judah, where she just begins to pray for him, Kid says, God's got a plan for your life and starts witnessing to him. God starts touching this kid and he ends up praying and receiving Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Repents, weeping, crying with a knife in his hand. Weeping and crying with a knife in his hand. And she lays hands on him and takes authority over the devil and sends him on his way. Closes the door and is like, oh my God. (laughs) You know, totally like, like, it's like, The normal Karen returned. But when she needed the divine power, when she needed the partnership of the power of the Holy Spirit, it came upon her and she pulled out her spiritual kung fu. Listen, I'm telling you, you can make it. You can overcome. You're more than a conqueror through Christ. Can you say amen? Partner with God with the promises. Come on, when you're standing out there and you didn't see any fish, you reach your hands towards it, you pray. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, I'm a tither. I know you did it. That's why, that's why you did so well. Amen? We could talk about other things, couldn't we? God is good. And with Him, nothing's impossible. But if you think He's just going to roll up and do it for you, newsflash, that ain't going to happen. But He will partner with you when you grow in the knowledge of God and you take His promises and you get in it like it's a howitzer and you mow down the opposition. Come on, the mountain before you will melt like wax in His presence. You just have to partner with God's power to see that thing broken, to see it change. Resist the devil, submit to God. Resist the devil, he will flee. Can you say amen? Amen. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Yes! Let hope rise up in your soul. Lift up your heads. All ye gates be lifted up. The King of glory will come in. The King of glory will come. He will partner with you. He will turn the battle at the gate. Lift up your heads. Lift up you ancient doors. Oh, your gates be lifted up. The King of glory comes. The King of glory comes. The Lord Jesus Christ died on a cross and rose again to make a victorious church, not some lukewarm, apathetic, little Jesus patty cake club where we've got no power, no authority. You don't have to be bound. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to suffer under the the strongholds of the devil. You can overcome. You can be more than a conqueror through him. Oh, I'm preaching better than your amen. 
There's life for you. There's hope for you. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Come on. If you have the freedom to pray in your heavenly language, go right ahead. Come on, lift your voice and start speaking life over that mountain. Start speaking over that sickness. Sickness and disease, you're not from God. We command you to loose your hold right now. In the name of Jesus. We pray a release. We pray a release of the provision of God. We pray a release of the power of God as we partner with you. Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, release your power upon the weak and the downcast. Release your power, God, upon those that are rejected. Holy Spirit, come. Let your fire come all across this place. Let your power be released right now. So you do your part. God will do His. May it forever break you free from your responsibility. You have a responsibility before the Lord. A responsibility before God. To do your part. He co-labors. He co-labors with us. He doesn't do it all. Working on the property. We're moving dirt. Some of you were part of that, laying some of the, the tubing for our in-floor heating. Remember working with this one brother. Well, we could fill that. We could move some dirt. In fact, there's a whole bunch of you out there. We, we, just, we all had shovels, and we were just moving dirt, just working together. The Lord's given you a shovel of the power of his promise. Can I just say it that way? You just stand there to think that, like, what? He's going to pick the shovel up and do it for you? What? He said, I can do that. That's not how it works. My dad used to say, you ask God for a hole, he gives you a shovel. That's not entirely true. You understand what I'm saying? Because you can't raise the dead. You can dig a ditch, but you can't fill it miraculously with water. Some of you need to go out and dig some ditches. You do your part. Look for God. Partner with Him. Grow in the knowledge of God. Get involved in those life groups. Get involved in the different things. Ladies, get to that encounter. I mean, come out here praying and asking God to do a breakthrough for you. We lay before you this incredible encounter, and then you stay at home and watch Days of the Idiots or Lives or whatever it is. It's not Days of Lives. It's Days of the Idiots. Go on, lift your hands to heaven. I'm just about done. God, thank you. There's hope to that one trapped in that marriage. You need healing. You need breakthrough. You need freedom. There's hope for you. Start speaking the promise of God. Start speaking the promise over your finances. Start speaking the promises over your physical body. Start speaking the promises over your church, over your home. Come on, over your children. Children are a blessing from the Lord. God, thank you. Start speaking over our region. Start speaking over the state. Start speaking over the nation. Start speaking life. Develop new neural patterns. Come on, think differently. Come on, you can make it. You can do it. You're the answer. You're the answer. We are the answer to the woes of America. Is the church of the living God rising up in anointed power, the power of God to set the captives free. 
So I charge you today to walk in power, to walk in authority, to walk in the blessing of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. One more thing we're going to do and then we'll close. Ushers, would you help us? We're going to receive our missions as we do on the first of the month. You say, we do? We do, but I usually forget. And, uh, and those of you that are so faithful to missions, uh, you remember. And so I remembered today. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and receive missions. Sometimes we get tied up and have gas and different things. So thank you for those of you who've been so faithful in missions. This is specifically going towards our churches in Chile. Uh, you can give any number of different ways. Secure giving online, four different ways. Or you can use an envelope. Amen. Hope you got something from God. Amen. You can see the mountain move. Most people don't know how to partner and release his power. You do it by the promises of God. You do it by growing in the knowledge of God. You pray those things. You meditate on them. You get them. They become your, they become your personal truth and reality. And when you live according to that, you'll see miracles. That's how we have a build. Listen, we have a building that's there, that's, that, that's, that's on the hill. How did that happen? By doing what I just, what I just taught you. You take the promises and you speak it. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.